0: Hello, I'm Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director, and welcome to another special episode of Fault Lines, NSI's on the ground series, this time from New Hampshire, where the first of the nation primaries recently took place. And like in Iowa, I was able to interview three New Hampshire residents for their thoughts on the national security issues and debates shaking up America in the lead up to the 2024 presidential election. However, before we get to the interviews, I'm going to let Jamie, the general manager of the historic Red Arrow Diner, give us a little bit of background about the historic place where I interviewed our guests. All right, so Jamil Jaffer here with NSI's Fault Lines podcast. We're here in the famous Red Arrow Diner in Manchester, New Hampshire. It is Election Day in New Hampshire, the Republican primary 2024, and I'm here with Jamie. Jamie is part of the diner team, and she's going to tell us about some of the history of the diner because this is literally a historic place. So Jay, Iconic. Iconic. All Iconic. those things. Iconic. Tell
1: us about time. Okay, 102 years ago in 1922. Yeah. i in 1921 there was a little lunch cart out here.
0: Okay.
1: And then in 1922 the Lamontagne family built the diner. Um, five owners later, Carol Lawrence in 1987 bought the diner and we grew from there. Talk to us
0: about what happens. Has the diner always been the place to come for political people?
1: Since I've been here. Okay. In, in recent history, correct. It's always been the place to come. You can't be a president without walking through that door. Is that right? That's right.
0: That's the rule. That is the rule. Okay. And so what happens during like, Washington? Does, does, does the dynamic of diner change? Like, do the people change? Is a lot of people out of town?
1: A, a little bit. So most of our regulars who don't want to be a part of it will avoid us for a week or two <laughs> or come very early.
0: Do you have a lot of regulars? A lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Do they come in just for the food?
1: I would say not. They come in for the culture as well. Is that
0: right? Yeah. Tell, tell me what, it, what do you mean by the culture? Um,
1: so this is very different. We are tiny. <laughs> So when you walk in here, you can't get, we can't get away from you, you can't get away from us, we're going to become friends. I'm gonna, oh, there's people here who know way too much about me and I know way too much about them. Uh, yeah?
0: And, and do you see people like start conversations who've never met each other? at, at All
1: the time. You can't make it stop. When you sit at the counter, yeah. it's like you're sitting at a bar without alcohol, but everybody's friends.
0: Do people get in arguments?
1: sometimes but usually it's kept casual <coughs> usually it's kept casual there's been some arguments but they usually don't escalate
0: and do people talk politics when work politics is not in season at your counter all the time even when it's on season. Even when it's not on season. So politics is on.
1: Politics is always panel. on the menu
0: here. All right, okay. And um, when it's in season, does the conversation change when it's about politics? Or do you hear less of it if you don't want to yeah. talk to So
1: I mean, this, yeah. this go around, it depends. So it depends. We will have a wave of all media coming to eat. And
0: nobody's talking politics. Because they don't want to
1: get covered? They're done. Oh, they're done. They're done. They're on break, they're done. But then when the next wave comes, that's all you hear.
0: So when it's politics season, is it like campaign volunteers? Is it candidates? Is it you mentioned media? Is it like who is it that comes through? Everybody.
1: Everybody. You wouldn't even believe it. The only so this go around, including all the people that have dropped out, the only person I haven't met is Pence. Really? That's it. Wow. Yeah. Oh.
0: Every single Including, one. Including, like, the sort of the random candidates that they've ever heard of? Correct. Okay.
1: Correct. Like, when okay. it, it started February 2023, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy announced his candidacy and then came here.
0: Right. So, you don't have to tell if you don't want to, but, like, so I have an impression of him. Okay. What's your impression? Of
1: you? um, my impressions of all the politicians yeah. stay within, like, okay. my diner right. thing. It's and he code. was great. He loved the food. That's that's all that's that, yeah.
0: Jamie, thanks for doing this. Really good. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me in the Red Arrow. Yeah. It's amazing. Great place to do my interviews for, for the podcast. Thank you for letting me do it. Appreciate it. Of course. Now that we know more about the iconic location that Politico's hanging out in New Hampshire and where we recorded our interviews... It's tile time for my past self to introduce our interviewees. So it's Neil Jaffer here with SI's Vault Lines Podcast. We're doing our Man on the Street interviews, Manchester, New Hampshire. It's the day of the Republican presidential primaries in New Hampshire. There's a lot of election stuff going on. Lots. Of, we are at the famous Red Arrow Diner in Manchester, the place where all the politicians come. I'm here here's David, Nick, um, who's here to talk to about national security. So, Nick, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? What are you doing here? Tell me about your life.
2: Yeah, so I'm Nick. Uh, I... I am from Cape Cod, Massachusetts originally. I've lived in New Hampshire for the last eight years. Um, I've recently moved to Manchester. This is my first time actually in the Red Arrow Diner as well. Wow. Um, I had to get a piece of pie. I'm a software engineer, and I've worked in privacy for the last uh, several years, and before that, e-commerce and other various things, and I'm 33 years old. I'm here with Tabitha, and Tabitha's going to talk to us a little about Nashville. Tabitha, tell
0: us about, about yourself. Hi, I'm
3: born and raised here in Manchester, my whole life, 47 years. Um, mom of two kids 20, in their 20s. Um, worked for the state for like almost 20 years.
0: Uh, I'm here with Jamie. Jamie, tell us a little about yourself.
1: I am a lifelong New Hampshire resident. I... I Have voted every year since I was eighteen.
0: Wow. Amazing, and Love uh, that.
1: the general manager at Red Arrow Diner. And uh, so, tell us how much,
0: as you think about voting on election day, um, how much do you think about national security How much does that affect your vote, <clears throat> if at all?
3: Um, a little bit. I have a, our son is in the national guard, so you know, and I have family members who've been in the, in the service, so you know, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, are they going to get deployed,
0: or, you know, hurt? Well, thank you to your for service and, you. and your family members.
1: Um, maybe to an extent. I probably don't think about them the way that I should. And I'm probably not up to date the way that I should be.
2: So, you know, um, I mean, they obviously affect my book to some degree, right? Certain policies and things things of that nature, you know, and, and like I've kind of disassociated myself from like standard, just getting messages all day, watching the news. I tried to actually really not pay attention that much, whether it's like intentional researching, whether it's through like YouTube channels or certain websites, like obviously to mind like that the border crisis comes up and then the whitney of wars going around the world. And like often politicians will say a lot of different things about this or that, but I tend to not really focus too much on those things a lot of times um, when it comes to like picking my pick or vote at this moment.
0: So you mentioned you disassemble yourself from the normal media and you do sort of your own research. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, and like, what are the sources you look to for that information? Is it, is it TikTok? Is it, you said mentioned YouTube. There are particular channels. Like, where, where do you go for
2: your news? You know, so like I've really been more into like human rights type of, um, like I've really been focusing honestly not that much on international news, on domestic news so much in the U.S. And there's actually a YouTube channel called Channel 5 uh, that I really like and it kind of explores a lot of like the hardships going on in the United States where there's a mortgage crisis or a lot of the- fentanyl crises and huge uh, homeless population stuff we have all over the country even as we, you can probably see here in Manchester and those are a lot of things that I've, I've really been focused on and, you know so, so much stuff I won't say like the foreign policy stuff is above my pay grade you know I'm really into the privacy law and a lot of that um, that type of policy that's going around the world has like other people are being violated and data has been collected and, and just exploited every single day. Uh, but, like, you know, obviously, I can't help but see like normal news on TV every now and then. But like, there's certain websites and things too, and I'll read everything from, you know, extreme right wing to extreme left wing stuff to kind of just get in between and really take an autonomous look at things As you think about these national security issues, what do you see as the biggest threat as to the United States coming from the outside?
3: Russia combining with China. I like I think I think like we're on the cusp of the Wolf like World War Three. So I just like watched the documentary on Netflix about um, on the front lines with World War Two and it was scary to like see these actual footage of like people getting killed, you know. You know. It just brought you back to like, okay, maybe this is what's happening now. even though know, it's not over in our US territory, but this is what's happening to people. And, you know Israel, Iran, Russia, Russia,
1: Russia. And Ukraine, etc. Like I think we all think about um, China and Russia and nuclear weapons and are they pointed at
2: us? We think about that stuff all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably the border, you know. Uh, It's probably the drugs coming in through the southern border, um, whether it's most likely, you know, all the smuggling of fentanyl and and things of that nature. They're getting brought up, or xylozine, They're getting brought up through Mexican cartels, through the border, through a lot of people coming from, you know, Refugee countries that are being paid to bring things in and then ultimately brought to the cities and like distributed to the rest of our country Yes, like there's major wars going on in the world all through Africa, Eastern Europe, obviously um, And I'm sure there's another bunch of various ones that I'm not even touching on But like in my opinion, you know, our national security really is You know, it's kind of being, uh, the Americans are dying from drugs.
0: So talking about Russia, um, you know, there's this war going on in Ukraine. Um, We've been backing Ukrainians. Do you think we should do more of that? Should we be backing Ukrainians? What should we be doing in that situation? So I think, so
1: I think I should be a little more educated on that to talk more about it. Because I'm not exactly sure how Ukraine feels about it what we're doing you know mm-hmm. it's hard because
3: you want to help your other countries but then you also we need to take care of people that are here first. we're sending billions of dollars over there but what are they we're not You don't see any improvement you wanna see, if you want to if we're sending people money we should see something happen, and nothing happening
2: So, I think we've given them quite a bit of money. We've done a lot of humanitarian acts on the ground, you know. I think, obviously, the U.S. opposes uh, their Russian influence going into the war in Ukraine. Like, I don't really know a lot about it, you know, too much about the history of Ukraine and Russia, uh, you know, and everything that happened, you know, 10 years ago with Crimea and all, all that sort of thing, I mean, it's very complex, right? And, like, um, I think that we should, you know, if we, the UN itself and the U.S. being a part of that can continue to support maybe humanitarian efforts and, like, relieving people and make sure no one's starving to death, that'd be great influence as far as providing military weapons going forward. I don't think that's the best use of U.S. money and policy. That's gotcha
0: there's also a war in the Middle East Uh, there was a terrorist attack against Israel Israel responded now there's a war going on should we be doing more to help Israel less what about the Palestinians it's another thing it's tough to say like do we go there and help them or do
3: we wait until the civilian side of it it's like how do we help them
2: you know I don't really want to touch that topic too much but what I will say is that it's horrible what's going on you know Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the the people of Israel suffered greatly in that terrorist attack from Hamas and now unfortunately the people of Palestine that might not be associated with Hamas are paying yearly for the crimes of other people.
1: That's another one that I'm I should be more up
0: on to talk about, honestly. You know, there's been talk about China potentially threatening Taiwan. Yes. If China were to invade Taiwan, should we defend the Taiwanese? Should we support them? Should we sell them weapons? We should probably just probably continue doing what
3: we've been doing with all the other countries that we have. Just yeah. send them a little bit of aid that we can.
2: So, uh, you know, I think that's a that's an interesting like an interesting topic actually. You will hear a lot about uh, because Taiwan is one of the mass producers of major commodities, semiconductors, and things like that in, in the world. And like that's a very important piece a very important island you know as far as like global economy goes right now especially in technology and um you know i think that the history between taiwan and china is also incredibly complex right and, like i'm not uh you know a uh, global politics master or anything like that but I, I also don't believe it's the u.s's place to support the invasion of china try to invade taiwan and take it back you know i think the U.S. has seen a lot of very serious crises here in the United States that they really should focus their policies on. I think they should be there for support and whatever agreements they'll have to support them. If to spend billions or trillions of dollars on other countries' wars right now when we're repairing after a 20-plus year war in the Middle East um, and have major crises here that need to be kind of addressed, it should, that should be really our focus. Obviously, you know, I don't want to see any more people die from senseless wars or whatever, but, like, if we support Taiwan's rights to be a free country, I mean, we should obviously back them to some degree, but to, like, put American troops on the ground or fund them with, like, trillions of dollars of military aid, I don't think is our best approach.
1: That's where I got, like, iffy because it feels like we support a country and then pull out, and it goes right back to where it was a lot of the times, and... Wasting our own resources seems crazy to me.
0: I feel like you have you have a reason for saying that. Do you have a couple examples in mind? I feel like you have <laughs> an example or two maybe in mind. I bet I know what they are. But
1: um, well, as I said, my husband is a veteran and has had a deployment, and I feel like it's upsetting to a lot of veterans that we're in Afghan, Afghanistan and Iraq. That now it's like what they did was nothing, and a lot of the times they did a lot of good, but we're only reporting the bad that's happening. <laughs> so, do you feel
0: like the the, the situation in Afghanistan and Iraq is it is it because we left that, that it's gone backwards, or should we have stayed? Is something or was it the way we left, um, or is it something else? Should we have never should we just never have gone in?
1: There was I I really wish that I had anything else the answer that feels right to me, but I don't. Um, I think the way that we left was a little too quick. Like, just grab up and go. But other than that, I wish I had an answer that would even make me happy.
0: You mentioned uh, your husband and his his, uh, his colleagues that served uh, in Afghanistan. I think you're probably talking about the Afghanistan yeah, withdrawal. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about sort of... The people in the military's reaction or military families' reaction to the way we left because they sense a, that you had a reaction. Yeah, so
1: that many- it was like, how, why are we just why are we just letting them take back over? The it's just the Taliban's back, you know. Like, and after all the friends that were lost in there it was very upsetting for that to happen.
0: Do you worry about Iran? I mean, Iran's been in the news a lot. Do we? Do you worry about Iran, the Red Sea, all the stuff going on with the ships? Is that, any of that for you?
2: I don't really. Yeah. You know, uh, I actually worry more about uh, like Iran and other countries like that, probably with cyber warfare um, and and things of that nature, and like uh, that. That's kind of more where I often think of. A lot of times, like people get so influenced nowadays from psyop type algorithms that they're not even really sure if they're seeing involved and exposed to them, um, and. You know, those are the things that, that I, I actually would worry about more. Obviously, you know, blockade of oil or, like, potential nuclear threats for Iran has been, like, on the table probably for, 40 or 50 years. Um, so, not necessarily. I mean, I think there's yeah. more fear that Iran would help back Gaza and cause, a, I mean, the Hamas and cause an all-out, like, real serious war in Israel, uh, which then I feel the U.S. would probably feel pretty obligated to get involved in and put American troops on the ground. And that's my more and more fear with Iran.
3: I do to a certain point, but not to the point where I'm like they're going to make it over here. They don't have like that strength in my eyes, Is how I feel. I worry more about China and
0: Russia coming in You do, yeah. And do you worry about like like potentially them them attacking the land in the U S. or doing with, 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 with missiles and the like?
3: Yeah, I think you know well, that's what I do. We don't have a strong president at the moment, so they see that see us as weak. That's why you're seeing all this stuff. This this is how, just how I feel. You're seeing a lot more of this because maybe we have a weak president. And let's go over there. Now let's try to attack all these little countries because what's the United States going to do? All oh, they're just us yeah. money. You know, the little countries' money, they're not going to get
0: involved. It's interesting you mentioned that the, the term being weak. Do you think that when the U.S. is weak that we are more vulnerable as a result? Yes, adult?
3: yeah. Yeah. And do you
0: feel like we've been weak for a long time? Is that a recent development?
3: I think I think probably in the last 10 years we've become weak.
0: Blessed, How long?
3: Probably 10 years. 10
0: years. Yeah. And
2: which, what should we be doing about that?
3: We shouldn't be like, just be like laying on our backs and just taking it. We should stand up to the country. So if we're going to get involved, we should just get involved. Which is going to force me to be free. Which a lot of people don't want, but then you gotta think about what might happen here in the United States and that's always in the back of my mind. To us
0: you know,
3: Alaska's not far from Russia. We 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 got Alaska from, and that's a beautiful piece of land that we have. Hawaii's not far from there. you know, that that whole you know
0: border around there. Something could happen.
3: I mean, there have
0: been testing missiles. It's going to happen. Do you think it creates more risk for the United States when we're perceived as not strong?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do you think we're spending enough
1: on the military? Um, I think we're spending a lot on the military, but I don't think it's being allocated correctly all the time. And I don't think that we are spending enough on veterans and veteran care. It's a rough time um, to have a friend who's like, needs help and it's a three month wait. That's hard. Yeah.
0: We you spend more. Yes. you lot veterans.
3: Well, we definitely should spend more on our veterans. You see a homeless veterans out on the streets. It's sad. But I mean, we spend money on you know a lot of people that are coming over the border illegally. Well, they get they get uh, all kinds of food stamps. They get all kinds of all these benefits. You come here and you get all this stuff. But then the people that have been here for years and have served
2: our country—they're
3: not—they're—they're they're struggling and
2: that's not right. Well, I think that we probably spend the right amount in some ways, uh, but I think that we probably need to restructure the way that we spend some of that money on the military, you know, especially with so much technology emerging, you know, and wars become so different that it's not necessarily about the boots, it's more about the technology, but all those things cost a lot of money, you know, when you have, like, I don't know, I don't know the average cost of things like Black like helicopters or drones that cost, you now 50 to $250 million a piece and you're building several hundred of them, it's a huge budget, uh, and a lot of that money could be used elsewhere for different purposes. Do you feel
0: like we're falling behind China and technology, absolutely. or absolutely, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay.
0: What can we do about it?
1: And you know, we're also like maybe a little too much technology happening, right? Where I could replace the cooks with robots, and now where those jobs at? You know?
2: I don't really worry about that. You know, I, I don't think we're necessarily falling behind. It's hard to scale what what yeah. falling behind actually is. Um, I know, like, let's just say, for instance, a country like China has privacy laws and has the Great Red Wall, right? Their internet actually works really well with the transparency, but there is very little privacy. There's a lot of biometric data that gets collected in China, from what I know, things of that nature. I mean, we have fallen behind in the sense of, like, you know, they have a lot more people who are educated in the field of technology and that are able to produce hardware as well as software, but the United States doesn't necessarily have that ability anymore. They have a lot of software development, not so much hardware development. And like, that's where we, we start to lose the battle a little bit in the ground. And with AI coming to market, um, I don't think we really understand as humans, like the implications that that could have. I think it's kind of like man finding fire and this is just, we've just found fire.
0: Do you think it's going to be transformative or potentially destroy civilization? Oh, but Interesting.
2: Right. you say a little more? Uh, I think we need to focus on AI governance yes. uh, and how it works. As like a software engineer, my job will be replaced in the next five years by AI, right? So I have to focus elsewhere on what that really means. And to me, that means like learning how yeah, to govern AI, how to focus on cybersecurity and dev operations, necessarily empo- like, empower AI to build certain stacks and then operate it as so, right? Um, I think it will change the world in the medical field, a lot of like, manufacturing but it'll also affect like huge amounts of people that do jobs currently you know and we have to think about what what that looks like i mean there's obviously been like major strikes with writers and all the types of authors and artists and things that nature and that's what scares people but that's not necessarily going back to foreign policy weaponized ai could be very dangerous as well and like it's not necessarily what we think of like robots or something like cyber it's like you know can a drone operate independently and make autonomous decisions right um and, and those type of things Last
0: question, anything else uh, that we missed that we should talk about in sort of the national security and other policy, international space that we didn't talk about?
2: I think we should really be focused on like civilian privacy around the world you know and like uh, the idea that the government and a lot of corporations have been propping off people for decades now on just collecting so much information and like uh, as a US citizen I often feel like we're losing a lot of our privacy and individuality because of things that the government are passing we haven't really been focused on privacy acts and particularly like children that are coming up now are incredibly vulnerable to that in the future and like as all these wars we're talking about progress in the world start to change you know it's very possible that people will only have like real privacy for five minutes as like parents and everyone else continue to expose them online and um you know i think i think uh we can't really predict what what forum will do like in the future it could be so influenced by technology and um you know i just hope the best for everyone
0: and that's a wrap a huge thanks to our guests jamie nick and tabitha for taking time out of their busy days to participate in our interviews and another thanks to devlin bernie Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for the help of producing today's episode. Tune in on Friday, February 2nd for the Faultline team's reactions to the answers to these interviews. Faultline is now on YouTube, so please check out the videos of all of our interviewees and this episode. And if you like what you see or what you heard on podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.